Greetings, friends. Welcome to Walking in His Word, the podcast where we embark on short, faith-filled journeys through the scriptures in episodes that are both concise and impactful. Each week, we take an 8-10 to minute purposeful stroll through the pages of God's Word, offering insights, wisdom, and inspiration to enhance our day. So join us as we explore each topic, uncovering the treasures hidden within the scriptures and learning how they can be applied to our lives. So let's take this brief but powerful journey of walking in His Word together. We invite you to join us over the next several weeks as we explore the wisdom of the parables of Jesus. Join us as we peel back the layers of these parables, uncovering the profound truths that continue to shape our understanding of faith, compassion, and humanity. Each episode, we'll walk through a parable shedding new light on their messages and exploring how they resonate with our daily experiences. Get ready, because on Walking in His Word, the parables are more than just stories. They're a guide to living a life inspired by love and grace. So stay tuned and let's embark on this transformative journey together. This week, we continue our series on the secrets of the kingdom of heaven by looking at a parable that was prompted by a lawyer asking Jesus a question. In Luke 10, verses 25 through 28, we'll read this encounter. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, Well, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Now, the question and answer is really a standard by which we should all live our lives. Jesus said in another verse that the entire law and prophets hinges on these two commandments. From these verses, we can say that our eternity is determined by how we love the Lord and whether we love our neighbor as ourselves. The lawyer knew the answer to the question. He was just trying to test Jesus. We can see this from his follow-up, that he tried to justify himself by saying, but who is my neighbor? And this is how we can think sometimes, isn't it? It's almost like the lawyer was looking for loopholes to see who he could justify treating poorly. We've often heard of the golden rule, which actually is in scripture in Matthew 7, 12. It says, so whatsoever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. God is very concerned, not just with our relationship with him, but also with our relationships with others. Last week, we looked at forgiveness in the parable of the wicked servant, and we learned that if we don't forgive others, God cannot forgive us. And this week, we're now looking at how we can treat our neighbors. We'll also learn at who our neighbor is. So let's look at this parable of the Good Samaritan. It's a few verses long, so we'll read it. There's about five verses. We could start it in Luke 10, verses 30 through 35, which Jesus answers the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him for whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So this man was on his way to Jericho from Jerusalem, which is a distance of about 20 miles. Most commentators say that this was a very dangerous journey. They often called it the way of blood because of the robberies that would occur often on this road. We read that 
This man is robbed, stripped of all his clothes, left for dead. He's passed by by these two other men before the Samaritan finds him. And the priest and the Levite both left on the other side of the road to avoid him. But the Samaritan is moved with compassion. He stops, takes care of him. He not only bandages his wounds, but takes him and pays him to an inn and pays him two denarii, which as we learned last week is two days wages to provide and care and promises to pay all future expenses. Now Jesus replies with a question of his own in verse 36 and 37. He says, who do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The lawyer answered, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. Jesus leaves no doubt in the lawyer's mind about what he is supposed to do. Notice that Jesus turned the focus of the original question from who is my neighbor to who is the one that was the neighbor to the one in need. This indicates that Jesus sought to draw attention to what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. So who is our neighbor? We might think that it is someone with whom we share certain likes and dislikes. Or perhaps it's someone of the same race, nationality, religion, and so forth. Some people might also say that our neighbor would or could be anyone who is not our enemy. But is that the heavenly principle that we learn from this story? Well, let's look at the Samaritan for a moment. Samaritans were descendants from those who were imported into the northern kingdom during the time of the Assyrian captivity. The Jews looked down on them, treated them poorly, even referred to them as dogs. In return, the Samaritans didn't like the Jews very much either. By using a Samaritan as the hero of the story, Jesus puts all the human definitions of neighbors to rest. The Samaritans were a different race, nationality, and religion from the Jews, and there was often much animosity between them. We also see how the priest and Levite reacted. These were the religious elite. They probably would have been the same nationality and religion of the injured man, yet they turned aside. They should have been the first to help this man who was in need. The Old Testament taught that they were supposed to love strangers and help those in need. So they should have been influenced by their religious and cultural affinity with this man to help him. Yet they did not. The priests were responsible for teaching the law and the Levites were responsible to assist in serving the law. Yet neither of them put the teachings of the law into practical use. They were, by definition, hypocrites. They did not practice what they preached. Yet this Samaritan, a man who they would have referred to as a dog, showed compassion when he saw a need. What was the cost of that compassion? First, he had to lay aside his social differences and be willing to help. Compassion knows no racial, religious, or national boundaries. That is what Jesus taught through this parable. And it is what we as believers must do and put into practice every day. He also had to be willing to take risks. This was a dangerous road. It was called the way to blood, after all. And he could easily have been robbed himself. Yet, he risked his own health and well-being to help someone in need. Showing compassion is risky. You never know how someone might react. I remember a story a man told me once how he stopped to help a broken down motorist on the side of the road at night. When he approached the man to offer assistance, the man turned around and punched him in the face because he thought he was there to rob him. It was a precarious situation until he was able to calm the man down and provide the assistance that he needed. The Samaritan also had to let aside his own schedule. Whatever he was going to do that day, he was now going to be late. The parable teaches that we must take the time or make the time to help people in need. He also had to make personal sacrifices. More than just time and energy, he paid out of his own pocket to help this man in need. He even made an open-ended promise to agree to pay all future expenses as well. So I ask you today, who is your neighbor? This parable teaches us that our neighbor is anyone in need who we have the ability to help. We know that God's word says to love our neighbor as ourself and treat others like we would want to be treated. So we must practice what we've been taught. 
and practice what we preach. This parable is to challenge us in everyday life. We are charged to act like the Good Samaritan, act out of love and compassion for those in need. And I'd like to close with a passage from James 1, 22 and also 26 and 27. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Verse 26. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Our neighbor is anyone in need, and as believers of Christ, our law, our religion, teaches that we must help those who are in need. So I trust that this parable was an encouragement to you. Jesus was often moved by compassion, and he taught us to act out of love and compassion also. So go out this week and look for opportunities to love your neighbor as yourself. I'm sure that God will provide many throughout your daily lives. There may be a cost. It may be inconvenient to pull over and help someone broken down on the side of the road. It will cost you money to provide a homeless person with a meal or maybe some clothing. But that is what the pure an undefiled religion that James exhorts us to do. That is how we practically apply that which we have been taught. So may God bless you, and may we always remember the parable of the Good Samaritan and put the things we've been taught into practice every day as we continue our journey towards the kingdom. Thank you so much for joining us on this enlightening journey through the parables of Jesus on the Walking in His Word podcast. We hope you found inspiration, wisdom, and a deeper connection to the teachings of our Savior. If these stories have touched your heart and stirred your soul, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way, you won't miss a single parable as we continue on our journey. We're here to spread the teachings of Jesus, and you can help. Share this podcast with your loved ones, your friends, and even your neighbors. Let's build a community that walks together in His Word. Your thoughts and questions are a valuable part of our discussion. So please reach out to us through our website or connect on social media. We're at Walking in His Word podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As we navigate the parables, remember these timeless stories offer guidance and grace, even in the midst of life's challenges. Keep walking in His Word, and may His light shine upon your path. Until our next parable, may your journey be blessed.